tent and bars and restaurants um, and uh, you've got to wear, they can't enforce the mask anymore. Like you can wear it, but like, you know, they can't be like do anything about it. Yeah, all right. No pepper spray or anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, everybody. I uh, just wanted to uh, thank you all for watching. I'm going to get into the uh, video here, our intro video that everybody loves, and then we'll get into our show. we got a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff to go over, so no dilly-dally. Jordan. What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining Infinity Sports. It must be Monday night at 7 o'clock, and you're checking us out on the Facebook page, whether it's the Infinity Sports Facebook page or the RTF Sports uh, Facebook page, soon to be the All-ACCS page. And then we have um, – also, you might be checking us out on YouTube Live, so if you are, I apologize for leaving you out initially. So here is where you can find us, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher, the full show on there, commercial-free. Listen to the entire thing, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern time on the All-ACCS Network. And then we have the At Infinity Sports Podcast on Facebook, At Infinity Sports Podcast on Instagram, and At Sports Infinity 5 on Twitter. Now, if you want, just visit infinitysportspodcast.com. It has all of the links to our shows and all of our videos and our YouTube channel. It also has a great store there. You can get, you know... Uh, Merchandise here, Infinity Sports merchandise, 12 is greater than 9 merchandise, and of course the Sully collection with, uh, you know, uh, gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? I am joined, as always, by uh, Sully, <laughs> at a point in the opposite direction, and I am your host, Wayne G. So, uh, like I said, a lot of stuff to get to today, a lot of NFL stuff, and I'm not even going to do the news thing because it's all news, yeah. um, but... Let's just so starting off, I really wanted to get into, and I don't have the graphics for it, but the the Tampa Bay Lightning. I know you were saying four zero four one. Now it's three two, and I don't know. Does it look like it could go seven? Did the Stars look like they could push it? I mean, of course it does. I mean, you know, the game was in overtime. You know, so we very easily could have just closed it out at that point. You know, and and I, and I very well could have been right to be fair. But you know, Dallas played a great game. Um, you know, they're a good team and they're playing gritty hockey right now. And, and it's the series is up in the air. I'm not going to lie. Now, we're the better hockey team. And, you know, I really do think we're going to come out and, and win this game tonight. So, you know, so far, the team that scored first in every game has won. So that's been a that's been a precursor to, to who's won the game, regardless of how the game's played out. So uh, obviously, we want to go out there and get the first goal and get things started. Stamkos is out indefinitely the rest of the series. You, you know, he only played short for the first little bit, but he did have an impact scoring that goal and showing how explosive he was. But, you know, he's out for the rest of the series. So, you know, that's kind of a blow, but not a huge one. So funny story. I was on TSS uh, co-hosting with uh, Brandon on TSS. And uh, basically he had said, first of all, I, I hate that it might go seven or six, whatever it is, because I was 
I was riding your boat, right, and saying, hey, these guys are going to be 4-1. It's going to be done. And uh, Brandon said, no, I don't think so. And it looks like he's going to be right, which I hate. Yeah. And then the second thing was um, I asked him, I said, so what do you think about Stamkos? I mean, you know, playing and scoring a goal in his first game. And he goes, yeah, he goes, I think that could happen. I was like, no, it did happen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no! It did happen. He he was on the ice for like two minutes and scored a goal. Yeah, I mean he's explosive. He's a sniper. I mean he's he's a god. Uh, you know he's a hall of famer for sure. So you know obviously we miss him. We'd love to have him, but if he's not a hundred percent, you know we got to give it to a guy who is. I mean, I truly do think we'll close it out tonight. No fandom, like all fandom aside. I, I mean, just looking at it strictly hockey-based, you know, I think we're the better hockey team. I think we're, you know, just in line to win this game tonight. So the other hockey conversation that I had a little bit today, even though I don't know much about hockey, was on Facebook. Somebody had said that if Connor McDavid is supposedly the hands-down best player in the NHL, then why is he not winning the Hart Trophy? And I had said something to the effect of, like any league's MVP, there's always a discussion. Is it the best player on his team, the most viable to his team? Is it the best player, best season? Like, what is exactly the definition? And they had said, well, hockey has it very defined that it is the player who's most valuable to his team. I said, well, then the player with the highest war should win it every single year because that yeah. technically is the player who's most valuable to his team. And in that case, it wasn't uh, McDavid. He was 20th in war in the NHL. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, it's partly, too, because, you know, he has such a, a decent squad around him. Like, Leon Dreisaitl scored, had over 100 points this year, too, and, and you know, so he's got a lot of help around him, and so I think they're taking partial of his war stats in, in the way that works. You know, I'm not sure how hockey war works internally, to be fair, um, much as, you know, as much as I do know how baseball war works and things like that and what encompasses that. But, I mean, I don't know. I think you take Conor McDavid off the Oilers, and that team is booty. It's bad. It's not a good hockey team. And Conor McDavid is, I mean, he's a bona fide stud. He is the best player in the NHL right now. I, I don't know. I, I don't know money and, and many NHL fans, true NHL fans, that would argue against that. But he didn't have the best season. You'd say that was it. Is it Leroy Ellis? Whatever it is, had a really, really, really good season. No, I, I have no idea who Leroy Ellis. Uh, is. No, I don't know his name. I don't know. I, I saw Ellis has like <laughs> points and eighty uh, goals. And... No, I mean honestly, I, I, I truly do think. You know, I don't know if they're judging it pre-COVID, post-COVID. You know, playoff. I, I mean, Connor McDavid, I think had every right to it. You know, he played great hockey. I'm pretty sure he led the league in goals. So, uh, I, I mean, I don't have the stats up directly in front of me, but I know he was very high up there in points. But so is his teammate, Drysaddle. So, I think that's who you're speaking of, Leon. And his, Leon? And then it, yeah, and it's D-R-A-I-T-S-I-L or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, regardless, um, that's the only thing I can get close enough to Leroy for you is Leon, but that's his teammate. And and that's the argument I was making is, you know, him and his teammate both scored, you know, both had over 100 points this year. So, you know, uh, either one could have gotten it. I, I, you know, so. All right. So, yeah, I see Drysdale, Drysdale, Drysdale. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that takes us into the NBA, which is, I, I was wrong. I hate saying it, but I was wrong. The Celtics got absolutely thumped by the heat. And I really thought they were coming back. Even when they were down three, one, I'm like, this is the team's coming back, man. And they just, they didn't. And watching that game last night, I, I don't know what was going on, but I, I was watching it. And then in the fourth quarter, there's like four or five minutes ago, Celtics are down three or four. So it's a close game still. 
and they just start going on a three-point barrage, like jacking threes every time down the floor. And I'm like, what? Are you? And meanwhile, Miami's coming down, attacking the paint of the court, and that blew the lead up to 14. I mean, for as much as I love Marcus Smart, that boy needs to stop shooting the ball as much as he does. He really does, in my opinion. I don't. I never want him to be my leading scorer or my second leading scorer, for that matter. Um, I don't even know if I want him to be my third leading. You know what I mean? So, I I don't know if I I agree with you completely. It, it seemed like they would run down, find their quickest three point shot, and rip it. And and I hate that strategy. I mean, that's the way the NBA is going. But I mean, I hate that strategy. And, you know, Bam Adebayo kind of dominated the fourth quarter and, and, you know, dominated the paint. Uh, one of our fans comes in here, uh, Jeffrey Ball. Hi, guys. What's hey, Jeff, on, Jeff. How's it going, man? Yeah, he's a guy that uh, comes into my work. He's a good, he's a good friend. Um, but, no, yeah, I, I just – I didn't understand that – what because it was Tatum was shooting threes, and then I don't know if Cantor shot a three. But it was just like everybody down the floor shot a three. Just and then I'm watching Miami come down the other way, and Miami was driving to the paint. And then dishing it to somebody for a layup or driving the paint, kicking it for a three pointer. You know, it's that it's inside out. You you gotta go inside out. You can't go outside in. I mean, is that Eric Spolster out coaching Brad Stevens at that point? I, I don't know because I, I guess at some point, maybe after that third three point miss, you gotta call timeout and timeout, say, Hey yeah. guys, yeah, stop fucking chucking up threes. Like um and, and you know Eric is telling him, you know, go to the paint, get to the paint, get to the paint. I mean, you know he is. Um, so I, I, I don't know. Again, I do agree that, uh, you know, I had the Celtics, I was riding the train with you. So you weren't alone there. Um, even when they were down, I thought they had the ability to come back, but they didn't. Uh, and I'm interested to see this series. I really am. Everybody thinks Jesus Christ, the cat scared the shit out of me. <laughs> uh, everybody thinks that, uh, you know, the Lakers two best players, easily the two best players in the series. It's, it's going to be a quick series. I don't know though. I think the heat have the next, three or four best players after that. So I, I don't know. I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. I still think the Lakers take it in six though. I'll tell you what we're going to get too much of. And I already have enough of it. Just thinking about it for 30 seconds, LeBron versus the heat. Like yeah. it's going to be brought up every single every game. Every day. Yeah. And I just, I can't, I can't deal with it. He, it was a long time ago. He was with the heat. He's won championships since being with the heat. I am interested in the LeBron versus Eric Spolstra. Because they had some, you know, headbutting uh, when they were both there, and remember we talked about this all the time. Pat Riley chose Spolstra. He said, "No, that's my guy." And so there is part of me as a Lakers fan. Obviously, I want to see the Lakers win the championship. I don't care whether LeBron gets one or not because he's not my favorite player. But I also there's part of me that kind of wants Spolstra to beat him to be like, "Hey, what's up?" I'm. I hate that you said that. So I was going to come on here saying. I would. I, I think the Lakers will win, and I want them to win. But I would love to see Miami win, simple for the fact that I mean I'm not the biggest LeBron fan, regardless that he plays for my team. Like before he started to play for the Lakers, anybody in my life will tell you I hated LeBron. But the second he joins the Lakers, I gotta like the guy. So if he lost, I don't. It's like a win-win. Like you know what I mean? If the Lakers win, it's awesome. If the Lakers lose, LeBron loses. So it's kind of still awesome for me. Um, but. I just think I think it would be interesting to see. I'm interested to see the Jimmy Butler LeBron matchup. I really am. He's 17 and 17 against him in his career. Um, I think he's a big enough body and good enough defender and quick enough to handle LeBron. I really do, and and I think it'll be interesting to see that matchup. Well, he's always done really well against LeBron, and what I think is going to be more of a challenge for him in this series is that in the past when he's guarded LeBron James and quote unquote shut down LeBron James or made him struggle. LeBron was the attacker, the leading scorer. 
I feel like he's become the distributor. Davis is the leading scorer. So I almost feel like putting Jimmy Butler on him, is a, it's not a waste because he got 30, 12, and 10 in that last game against Nuggets. Yeah. But it's still, I feel like LeBron isn't the attacker that he was. Like his points are coming off of like just open looks. He's not attacking the rim. Still, though, I don't think you can. Uh, what I think the bigger point is LeBron wasn't the point guard on those teams, which is, I think, essentially the point you're making anyway. LeBron's the true point on this team. Like they come out with LeBron as the point guard. So. Uh, putting Jimmy on him isn't the same as having a point guard and putting your small forward on a small forward, essentially. Uh, and, and while I do agree that he isn't the same scoring threat, he still can put up 30 on a whim and you still have to shut him down and, and play him as such. So I, I think you're kind of forced to, to put your best defender on LeBron James, especially because it's not like you can put Jimmy Butler on anybody else. And Speaking of the Miami supporting cast, this was another huge argument I got into uh, this week. Everybody prisoner of the moment, loving Tyler Hero. Just love, love, loving the guy. And listen, he's decent. You know, he's a rookie, right? I mean, he, he's going to get better as he gets older. He's having a good playoffs. He's having a good, you know, bubble, let's call it. He averaged 13 points per game in the regular season. He's averaging 16 points per game in the postseason. A nice little step up. But I've seen people saying he's better than Trey Young already who averaged 28 and 11 assists or whatever it was. I see people saying he, he's better than Paul Pierce already, who is a Hall of Famer. You know, <laughs> Let's pump the brakes, people. All right. I mean, yes, he had one good game for 37 points. Not everybody who has one good game is a future Hall of Famer. Brandon Jennings scored 50. All right. So. <laughs> I mean, we are creatures of the moment. There's there's talk now that Jamal Murray is a top 10 player. And, and while it, there's an argument, he's just not. Plain and simply, he's just not. Let's be real. He's a top 10 player of the bubble, you know, but I don't think he's a top 10 player in the NBA. And and I think we're falling same same victim about Tyler Hero here. I love Tyler Hero. I'm, I'm a huge, 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 huge fan. But let's be real, <laughs> the boy ain't close to Trey Young. Not even close, not even close, not even close. And he's still 20. I know the the, the announcers wanted to say it 3,000 times, but the kid's still 20. Like, let's see what he is when he's 24. Yeah, we can see that. And, and again, uh, Jamal Murray uh, going down that rabbit hole, I also don't <laughs> think he's a top 10 player. Uh, Nobody should. I think he's he was lower than 50 in scoring this year. Like, I mean, he wasn't in the top 50 players in the NBA. I'm pretty sure he averaged 18 or something like yeah, that. Or 18 16. points per game. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, so it's like, let's, let's be real. He's a, he's a sniper. He's lethal, but yeah. He ain't no top start, until you're putting up 25. And I think Paul Pierce said that about hero. And this is where the whole Paul Pierce hero thing came up. Paul Pierce said, if you aren't averaging 20 points per game, don't call yourself a bucket, you know? And I know a lot of people give, Pierce crap about that because one, I think his career average is less than 20 points per game. <laughs> but in his prime, he was at 27. He was at, you know? Yeah, exactly. And so I, I think that Paul Pierce is so much better than Tyler Hero. I mean, if Tyler Hero were to continue this, let's say have the same season every year for the rest of his career, he's he's a role player. He's a seventh man. I don't know if I go that far, and, and I don't think he will be the same player. Let's be real. I, I think it's more projections. Do you project he will be better than Paul Pierce? Do you think he can be better than Paul Pierce? No. No? No. Paul Pierce, when he was at Kansas, I said, this guy's going to be a superstar in the NBA. I mean, the way he played the game, the way he attacked the rim, but he could also stop and shoot on a dime. He had the three-point game. I mean, Hero is a sniper. He seems fearless. When, he, when he's driving to the hoop and whatnot, I just 
when I watch him play, I don't see a dominant player. Even when he scored 37, I don't see him dominating games. He'll have a hot game here and there. But that's he's he's you know he's he's a little bit better version of Kyle Korver. Mm, I think oh I think you're so short there. I think he's Ray Allen. Mm, that's uh, Ray Allen averaged 20 points per game as a rookie. I'm just but not like ever. He did he average average 25? I don't know Ray Allen's career off the top yeah. of my head. Did he? he okay. Well, then to be fair, I don't think I don't think Tyler Hero ever averaged 25, but I think he'll average 20, and I think he'll be a very I think he's a lethal scorer, lethal scorer. So I think to just call him Kyle Korver is selling him short. I don't think he's a six man at all. I think he can start. The issue becomes is I don't know outside of scoring. I don't know what else he does really great. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't really see it. William Jones is as you know here. Go Bucks! Uh, hey. We're going to talk about them, and he also says uh, defense looking sweet. Yes, we do. The truth. I'm guessing that's Paul Pierce. We're just yeah, he's, a, he's a big Boston Celtics fan. So Tyler Hero will be averaging tw- not next year, but yeah, I guess See, I don't uh, you know. know. I think he will next year. I, I really do. I think he's. I think he has the ability to take that jump. I think he's the kind of kid that that wants to prove people wrong and, and loves the the chip on his shoulder. I really do. Uh, Here's the way I look, look at it. So in the NFL, there were games, uh, Emmett Smith, like his last year in Dallas, I uh, remember Troy Hambrick was the backup running back. And there were games that Emmett missed because of whatever he was older and he's dinged up. And Troy Hambrick would run for 135 yards, 140 yards. And he was calling himself like, Hey, I'm going to be the next Emmett Smith, the next Barry Sanders, whatever. And Emmett Smith said to him, he said, listen, man, he is I'm glad you're having great games. You're helping the team win. But just understand that when teams start to game plan for you, it's a lot different than you just filling in for me. Uh-huh. And I think Tyler Hero is kind of the same deal. I think that we see him averaging 16 points per game in the playoffs, and he looks good because he has one 37-point game. But at the same time, if he does start to become more uh, of an aggressive shooter and becomes a take, starts taking more shots per game, he's going to start drawing a tougher defender. And I just don't think he has the skill set to beat an elite defender. See, I think he does. I, I really do. Um, but again, we'll see. The kid's still 20. I, I mean, I hate to beat that dead horse because the announcers did it enough during the game. They really did. I mean, I, I don't think they said it. I th- Like over under on how many times they said it, I swear to God, was 20. Like it was nuts. But I do think he has the ability to get there. I think he's a lethal scorer, and I think he plays with a chip on his shoulder. So. William Jones says, I don't know when uh, he's still coming off the bench uh, all year, which is true. Yeah. Um, and he also says uh, maybe two to four years, kid is nice. Okay, so if you give me four years, I mean, 20 in four years, because there's guys like Monte Ellis who never made an all-star game, who mm-hmm. averaged 19 points per game for his career, who averaged 25 points per game some seasons. You know, mm-hmm. I think if Tyler Harrell became Monte Ellis, that's pretty damn good. I just don't see him becoming a star. I, I don't know if I see him becoming a bona fide superstar, but again, I think he can be, a, I think he can be an all-star and a 20-point scorer. I really do. Yeah. Well, that's enough time on basketball. Let's get into football. We, I, I don't have the graphic exactly for this, but me and Sully covered the uh, on Wednesday. We said we're going to go down each team with the spread, and we're going to go down each team with the over-under. And so uh, against the spread, I was 6-8-1 and one because there was one wash. It was a four-point uh, – it was the Falcons game. They won – or they lost by four, and it was a four-point spread, so it ended up being a wash. Um Sully was eight, six, and one. So he did two games better than me uh, on the picking the spread. And actually, the highlight of that is he said, uh, take Green Bay in the money line. Don't take the three. And yep. he's right. Yeah, hey, uh, buddy. <laughs> good one. And then over under, we both went six, eight, and one on the over under. We did not uh, do well on that. 
I don't like over-unders, man. I don't like them. <laughs> well, I think a lot of games scored a lot higher than we thought they were going to. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's why, I mean, you know, usually in the beginning of seasons, honestly, defense wins out and offenses take time to catch up. But this year, it seems like it's the opposite. Well, let's kick things off with a Thursday night game. Dolphins 31-13 to over the Jaguars. Both of us had the Jaguars in this game. Uh, they were just looking good. You know, Minshew looked good. And even in this game, I mean, doesn't he throws an interception, but, I mean, 30 of 42 isn't horrible, 275 yards. Um, oh, actually, I have a graphics. Why don't I put the graphics up so that people can see what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so here's the graphic. The, uh, Fitzpatrick was 18 of 20. He only has two incompletes, 160 yards, two touchdowns, zero picks. So that's basically a classic game manager. Um, and then, of course, Robinson with the 11 carries, 46 yards and two touchdowns, and then six receptions for 83 yards. Yeah, Robinson had a great game, um, which is shocking that that's how they that, that they ended up losing. But obviously, Fitzpatrick just played tremendous. You know, he's – I mean, you hate to say game manager, but when you go 18 for 20 and, you know, you only have 160 yards, you know, essentially you just managed the game. You, you didn't lose the game for your team, but you did everything you needed to. You know, I mentioned – when we did the the game or the thing on Wednesday, <clears throat> excuse me, that it felt like a trap game. It felt like Vegas knew something, uh, but I still went Jacksonville, uh, and I regret it. You know, go with your gut, boys. But I mean, Miami looked better, plain and simple. Yeah, I, uh, Howard gets the interception. Um, looking at the, some, so Miles uh, Gaskin there with twenty two carries, sixty six yards, five receptions for twenty nine yards. I mean, not overwhelming numbers, but twenty two carries. They really uh, is Brieta hurt? Because it seems like I thought he was the guy. I don't know what's, you know, you can never tell. It's Matt Breida, by the way, but, you know, you can never, t- I don't know what's going on in Miami. I mean, the running back situation is so ridiculous. They got, you know, Jordan Howard and Matt Breida and, you know, all these guys, and I don't know who's getting the ball. But also, well, Gaskin got it 22 times. I mean, yeah, I mean, exactly. Gaskin's clearly getting the ball, but, you know, next week it could very easily be Jordan Howard. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Skipping ahead now, these are going. We're, we're doing these games in order that we picked them. So these, like, the next game will be a four o'clock game instead of a one o'clock game. But you know, just fucking deal with it. It's just the way exactly. order we pick these games. The order we picked them. It's so, our show, damn it. Tampa Bay wins twenty-eight to ten. Tom Brady twenty-five of thirty-eight, two hundred ninety-seven yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Good game for him. Love the line. Mike Evans two receptions, two yards, two touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love fantasy football, right? Jesus, throwing all kinds of points there. Uh, I mean, honestly, the the theme of the, the the game for me, like Will said, was man, our defense looks good. Um, it really does. Um, I don't know if you watched the game, but man, our defense looks really good. We're going to be a tough team to beat, um, especially later on in the season when everything gets clicking. I think together, and we start, you know, kind of working, you know, off of each other when the offensive defense works together. But man. We're tough. I tell you what, we're going to be tough. Since week 13 of last year, we're the number one defense in the league in both scoring and yards. So watch out. So watching the game, I had two takeaways. The first one, obviously, Leonard Fournette, seven carries for 15 yards, you know, two point whatever yards per carry. Um, Not looking great. And this is like the third week he's been with the team. He's just not looking great. And then the other thing was two weeks in a row now, botched handoff with Brady and the running back, right? (laughs) It just seems like I don't know what's going. On. And this one, the first one, it looked like uh, what was it? Uh, week two, I think it was right. He mm-hmm. it was a Jones in week two. Yeah, and it was Fournette this week. So with Jones, it looked like it was Brady's fault because he hit Jones in the lower arm, and then it got knocked down. He didn't put it right in the basket. But with Fournette, he hit him right in the chest pad, and it just bounced off. Huh? Yeah, I mean, you know, it 
it's a lot of new pieces working together. So shit like that's going to happen. That's why I said, you know, week eight, nine, when we start actually clicking, I think we're going to be a much scarier offense, you know, and to be fair, Leonard Fournette had a great game last week. You know what I mean? So he had a hundred yards and a touchdown last week. So, uh, you know, it's again, it's going to take time for everybody to get acclimated and get together, but uh, we're starting to get there and we look scary. We got a lot of weapons. Gronk finally had his good day. I think he had what, six catches. So, I mean, we're going to we're gonna be a tough, tough team to beat. I think we're easily the number one team in the NFC right now. With the Saints wow. looking like a struggle, with the Seahawks, the defense, and the, as porous as they are, I think they're a great football team. I really do. I love, love, love the Seahawks. But if they don't fix their issues on defense, we're, we're going to beat them. Um, I think we'll beat the Packers for the same reason. I think we can come up with a defensive stop when they can't. So, right now, I think that's what's putting us over the edge. Well, Caroline Fowler is excited to see us talking football <laughs> and then uh, says Brady. Yeah, so, she's yeah. a big Brady fan. I love you, Caroline. Yeah, I mean, who's not a big Brady fan? I love Brady still, and even though he's not in the, on the team. <laughs> I, I have come around to Cam Newton, and which brings us to uh, our next game here. The Patriots absolutely drubbing the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Again, talk about defense. Their defense was just lights out against Las Vegas. So Derek Carr, by all effects, I mean, this is a guy who I like, and I, and I thought, you know, we could shut him down. I said this in our preview. I said this is a guy who's going to get shut down because of how much man-to-man defense the uh, Raiders, I mean, the, the Patriots play. That's going to hurt his short passes, So especially with no Henry Ruggs in there. So he's 24 of 32. He only has eight incompletes, two touchdowns, no picks, 261 yards. By, by all means, again, solid. Uh, Burkhead is what really killed him. 49 yards rushing and two touchdowns, 49 yards receiving and a touchdown. But again, the defense was just all over that that Raiders team. I mean, he just constantly on top of Carr, and then finally with that touchdown too in the end zone with the uh, Dietrich Wise. You know what bugs me? What's that? You say incompletes and not incompletions. Okay, I'm just putting it out there. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, I just feel like we're at that point in our relationship. You know what I mean? Well, in case uh, you didn't know, whenever somebody tells me something I do that bugs them, it makes me want to do it more. Do it more <laughs> and more and more. I mean, I, I get that. That makes sense. Um, uh, I mean, the real key, I think, was only 16 carries for 71 yards for Josh Jacobs. And, I mean, that's a great average. So I don't know why they didn't go to a more uh, – you know, it is the score is a little deceiving, I think, because of the late touchdown from the from the fumble recovery. But yeah, I mean, I don't think the Patriots were ever really worried. They were down early, but I mean, they just did what they do. They still ran the football. You know, Cam Newton was, you know, he's essentially a great game manager at this point. So, you know, I think they're going to win a decent amount of football games. I'm, I cannot wait till they play Buffalo. I'm so excited for that game. I think it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be massive. It's gonna be a huge game. Yeah, I still think that the it will. What scares me about the Buffalo game is Josh Allen's mobility, mm-hmm. because that's something that the Patriots have a hard time defending is mobile quarterbacks. Because like I, said, I love that. I think when it comes to man to man defense, there's no better team in the NFL playing man to man coverage than the New England Patriots. But when you do that, you leave those wide open, you know, scrambling lanes. And so that's why they had to go zone against uh, Seattle. And if there's a team that doesn't play great zone pass defense, it's the New England Patriots. And, and I mean, it's it's really going to be a struggle because in man coverage, you know, when you get time and you scramble, that's when guys like Stefan Diggs can excel and get out and things like that. And, you know, he's been a great fit for them. So, you know, we'll see. It's going to be it's going to be a great game. We'll see. And that we do have a comment here. I didn't click it over. We have uh, Caroline with a heart. I'm looking for your. I love you. 
There you go. Yeah. yeah. And then we have Patriots will always be my team. Yeah. Hey, me too. Yeah, she's a Patriots fan. Her son's actually named Brady. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. So. Uh. So yeah, she's a big old Patriots fan. Unfortunately. The next game we have on here is Carolina wins 21-16 against San Diego. Bridgewater 22 of 28 with uh, you know only six incompletions. Hey. 235 yards, uh one touchdown, nothing. Again, he just looks like a game manager at those numbers. And, and I didn't watch the game, so maybe he had a couple deep bombs, but you know 28 passes, only 235, only one touchdown. Definitely feels kind of like game management style. Herbert on the other hand, throwing the ball 49 times for 330 yards. Keenan Allen, 13 receptions of those 132 yards and a touchdown. I guess we'll, we'll talk about the game in a second, but what do you think about a rookie quarterback coming out and throwing the ball 45, 50 times a game? I hate it. I, I don't like it because I feel like you're not giving yourself the best chance to win because he's going to make a lot of mistakes. But Jeff, at the same time, if he's a good quarterback, isn't he going to learn from those mistakes? No, 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 but he's not. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, anytime your rookie quarterback's throwing the ball 50 times a game, you're losing. You're losing, plain and simple. You're going to lose the football game. I don't care who you are. I don't care if he throws the ball for 40 times for 350 yards and a touchdown. You're losing the football game, and, and it's proof here. I mean, that's not a recipe for success when you have a rookie quarterback. And, and, and I mean, the, the years and years and years of proving that to be true. Uh, Justin Herbert's playing far better than I ever thought he would. I will give him that. He still airballs throws. He still isn't very accurate. He's Josh Allen in his rookie year too. But he needs to improve the way Josh Allen has or else they're not going to be a great football team. Did you see the game though? Did you see how it ended? Or I didn't see how it ended, no. Oh, so they had every chance to win the game. They ran a fucking hook and ladder and they fumbled the hook and ladder and on the game-winning drive. And like it was open, it was a touchdown and – Keenan Allen catches it, pitches it to Austin Eckler, and Austin Eckler drops it. And it hits him right in the fucking hands. And he drops it. And I mean, they were on like the probably like the 20 yard line going into the end zone, too. So now what do you think about uh you know Mike Davis has 13 carries, 46 yards, eight receptions for 45 yards on touchdown. Pretty solid. McCaffrey looks like he's gonna be out for a couple more weeks. I mean, uh, Mike Davis might be a good fantasy pickup, huh? Yeah, he should have been the number one pickup last week, and and I think he was in most teams. I'm in a fantasy league where you get 200 spending dollars, and somebody spent like 130 dollars on him. So yeah. I mean, it was obviously the guy who had McCaffrey, but still, I mean, you know, so that's the kind of pickup he should have been. Uh, and he put up decent points. I think it was like 20 points, 20 some odd points you put up in fantasy, and if you're putting up over 15, you're a stud. So I mean, he'll be a good pickup. I think he'll just get volume. Anytime you're getting volume at running back, you're happy. I will say this about fantasy football in my league, uh, which is similar. It's a hundred dollars you get, uh, you can put in claims, but in my league, um, uh, Saquon Barkley got released after Terrence ACL. He's going to miss the season. Right. And somebody picked him up like within a few days, obviously. Now I thought about picking him up, but then I was like, you know, I don't want to use a first round pick on him next year. Cause we don't know how he's coming back. Exactly. Right? But then I realized after this guy picked him up, because he was picked up off of waivers, he only costs an eighth round pick next year. Oh wow! So somebody's gonna get Saquon Barkley in the eighth round next year. Oh wow! That person is smart. Yep. See, f- for us, anybody you pick up off of waivers, you can't keep. So, oh. uh, you had to have drafted him, and he had to have been on your team the whole year for you to to keep him. Oh, okay, yeah. With us, you can pick a guy off of waivers, and, and he costs you an eighth round pick the following year. See, I th- eight's pretty damn. 
That's pretty late, but yeah. I, I like it. I actually like that rule. It used to be a 12th round pick, and then everyone kind of got pissed yeah. off. That's way too low, you know? Yeah, it um, is. So but it worked out, though. I guess I wish I had thought about that before he picked him up because I would have picked him up. Um, let's see. Uh, I mean, if you would have picked Calvin Ridley in the fourth round like you should have, that would have been your keeper. Yeah, Boom! Well, we'll My man's still the number one fantasy wide receiver right now, I think. I don't know. It may be D-Hop at this point. Speaking of, we got the Falcons, <laughs> uh, again, blow another fourth quarter lead. They're up 26 to 10 in the fourth, and they lose 30 to 26. Uh, you know, Trubisky gets benched for Nick Foles, uh, which goes right against what Brandon Combs has been saying all year. He, Brandon Combs has been saying it's Trubisky or bust all year. He said he said uh, Foles isn't getting off the bench, so he was wrong about that. I thought he uh, did say Foles would come in around week six, but I could uh, be wrong. Yeah, he was saying like Tr- Trubisky's like, you know, Superman and pads and stuff. Oh, and, okay. Um, Allen Robinson, 10 catches to 123 yards. Graham, uh, 6 and 60. And of course, there's your Ridley, 5 and 110. Didn't score a touchdown, but still 5 for 110. Oh, he got the, tackled at the one like twice. <laughs> so the question here really becomes now with uh, Foles in there, um, it looks like he's won the starting job for the following week. Uh, after yes, big have, I'm pretty sure they already named him the starter, yeah. So... Uh, I, I'm sorry, I didn't have the record on there. So are they three and zero now? The Bears are three and zero. Yeah, because that's nothing we made fun of Brandon for was that he said the Bears won eleven and five, and we were like, yeah, yeah, I don't think so. They've been the no, luckiest team in the fucking NFL right now, though. Let's be real. Like, let's be real. Well, let's talk about that win. I mean, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, Falcons, the Falcons, I like it. Uh, yeah. the, the, the Millennium Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> they are choking again. Um, I mean, is, is there something to is is this Quinn's be, just a bad coach, fourth I mean, quarter coach? If he's not fired before the the game next week, I, I I don't know what's going on. I'd be I'd boycott if I was an Atlanta fan. I mean, it's just it's too much at this point. Like even if it's not his fault, he so he's got to take responsibility at this point and just be like, hey, look, like I'm not doing what I need to be doing to get these guys in the best position to win in the fourth quarter, plain and simple. Like I, I'm, I'm not motivating them enough. I'm not doing something. Something isn't working, and and the head coach needs to take responsibility at that point. Um, because I mean, it's just, it's just embarrassing. It, it really is. There's no other word to put it. Like well, everyone this, is laughing at them. I had this conversation with Brandon on Triple Shot Sports, uh, and he had asked about, uh, or I had asked him. I said, "Does Patricia get fired with the with the Lions?" You know, and he said, "You know, he goes in the NFL. You know, teams just don't." cut coaches mid-season yep. it's just so i think quinn you know are you really gonna cut a mid-season and then go with what your defensive coordinator is the head coach uh, I, I don't know what you do that. I, I mean at this point though it's like it's such a the reason why i don't think um patricia may is because they're at least still competitive in these games it, it, yes atlanta's competitive but it's 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 in such an embarrassing way like like I don't know. Like maybe maybe Arthur Blank is looking at it as well. We should be three and zero, you know, and not one and two. I don't know. I think it's if I'm the owner, he's gone, and I'm I'm finding whatever I can. Honestly, I tank for Trevor Lawrence at this point. Well, I mean, you and I talked about uh, Patricia finding another job, and we said you know he gets snagged up as a defensive coordinator in, in a heartbeat. Well, for the weeks up, he's a defensive coordinator somewhere. What about Quinn? Because Quinn was the defensive guy behind all those Seahawks defenses. <sighs> See, I don't know though. Was he? I don't remember how that lineage started. Was it Dan Quinn that started it? He was at Pete Carroll's DC. No, I know, but so was, uh, um, Jesus. Why can't I think of his name? It's driving me nuts. I mean, a bunch of them were. 
Um, and so I don't know if he was the initial. I, I don't. I, but regardless, um, I don't know if he would. I think he would eventually. I don't think he would as quickly as Matt Patricia would. And what do you think about this idea? Because this just popped in my head before we go on to the next game. What about trying to trade for another team's defensive coordinator or something like that as a head coach midseason? Like it'd be really weird and unprecedented. But you know who I really like is I like San Francisco's defensive coordinator, uh, the bald guy there. I can't remember his um his, he was up for the Browns coaching job. Um, Ken Norton, I thought was there. No, no, no. It's the bald guy. Um super hyper, gets on the sideline. He's all right, anyways, so he was up for the Browns coaching job. I like him a lot. Uh, Sala, Sale. Um, anyway, so he, uh, let's say you're the Atlanta Falcons. So you know what? We're going to fire Quinn. Let's approach the 49ers and offer him a first round pick or something like that for their defensive coordinator to be our head coach. But it's mid season. So if you're the 49ers, I mean, they're another crap team or in a bad spot. But I mean, hey, I'll take an extra first round pick, you know, for our defensive coordinator who's probably going to leave and be a head coach at the end of the year, anyways. Uh, yeah, Robert Salah is. You're yeah. right. Um, but actually, I, I mean, it's I've never it's never been done midseason. That would be insane. I don't think the team that's actually trading the coach would ever do that. I mean, that puts you at such a disadvantage midseason to lose your defensive coordinator. So I, I don't think it, it. I mean, you'd have to extremely lopsided win that trade. Like, I mean, it'd, it'd have to be two firsts and Julio Jones. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like legit. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, like there's no way I'd give up. Even if I was a shitty ass team, I wouldn't give up my defensive coordinator unless I'm tanking, purely tanking for Trevor Lawrence. I'm keeping my defensive coordinator. Kyle Reed says, "Good stuff, Sully. Keep it up, bro." Hey, appreciate you, man. What's good, Kyle? How you living, though? All right, so that brings us uh, to our next game here, which we have, uh, I believe, Cincinnati, and the Eagles 23-23 tie. I watched the end of this game because I think it came on after the Patriots. I said, hey, here's the end of the Eagles game, and it was just overtime, punting back and forth, and the Eagles had a chance at one point. They had like a 56-yard field goal, and then uh, false start pushed them back to like 60, and they just punted it and said, oh, we'll take the tie. But you got Joe Burrow throws for 300 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, Tyler Boyd, 10 for 125. Wentz doesn't look great, 29 to 47, 225, uh, a touchdown and two picks. And then Miles Sanders, 18 for 95. Again, not bad. But I, I think the big story with the Bengals, where they 0-2-1 and now, is uh, Joe Burrow no. looks pretty good. One, they one, one? one I think. Oh, Did wow. they beat the Chargers? I don't know. I thought they lost. I thought they had a chance to beat them, and then somebody – Coughed it up for uh, because Burrow had a chance to get his first win, and then because he's like, I never lost. Oh, two yeah, games you're right. That's before right. my career, you're right. You're right. That's right. Yeah. But anyway, so he looks good though. Oh, they covered. That's what it was. The late touchdown they covered. That's what it was. Um, I think Burrow looks great. Did you see the hit he took? Yep. Oh God. I mean, but he looks great. I- I'll tell you what, man. He looks like a bona fide stud. I'd love if that was my franchise quarterback. He's he looks amazing. Um. Carson Wentz, on the other hand, I'll tell you what, he's done. I'd give up. I, I don't like him. I'd jump ship. I'd take Mitchell Trubisky over Carson Wentz. How about Jalen Hurts? That was your second round pick. I, I'll tell. I would if if next week, if they if he looks the same, I'd I'd switch to Jalen Hurts one hundred percent. I wouldn't even. I love Jalen Hurts. I see. I don't. I don't know. I'm 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 on the fence of Jalen Hurts because I don't think he's a great quarterback yet. Um. I think he's. I think he relies too much on his legs, especially in college. He did. Um, he did more passing in Oklahoma, but I want to see more of it. I want to see if he can actually pass. But I mean, at this point, you can't do worse than Carson Wentz. If you don't trust your quarterback in that situation, I, I mean, I don't know. What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? You're pl- like, I don't. Know. 
Now, the, two things. That's so one, we knew Drew Burrow was going to be good because TJ Hushmanzada came on our show during our draft show and said he was going to be great. So we're like, yes, all right, sir. TJ, you know, yeah. if you say so. And then uh, my other thing about Jalen Hurts is like, so I liked him at Alabama. I, I was very disappointed when he get, lost a starting job to Tua. And so when he went to Oklahoma, I said, well, this will be interesting because Oklahoma runs a pro-style offense, not a, a an RPO, you know. Um, and watching him play at Oklahoma, he looked, I thought, like, a, I mean, yes, he relies on his legs a lot, but he throws a really good tight ball. I mean, it's he, he looks like a decent quarterback. My only issue is at Oklahoma, it was one read and go pretty much. And I hate that. Like, I don't want to see that. And I get it. It works in, in college. So, like, why not do it? But I just – I didn't – I don't like that when I'm when I'm evaluating a prospect. So, I need to see you go through progression. And, and I didn't see that a ton with Jalen Hurts. Um, it was more, you know, first read, maybe second read, and then gone. And I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't – I'm not saying he can't do it because he does throw a good ball. I just want to see him actually do it. Now, my tight end in my fantasy league is uh, Zach Ertz. He had seven catches for 70 yards. I started him. Would have loved the touchdown because I'm going to need some help tonight. Uh, we'll talk about that game. But uh, Ertz, uh, seven for 70 is solid. I don't know. I, I, do you think Ertz is falling off? Because I know Goddard had a really good week one. Everyone's like, oh, Goddard's going to replace Ertz. But I think he's still a top tier, top tier uh, tight end. It's go there. Um, but. Yeah. No, I don't like Ertz at all. Huh. I think, I mean, if Godair doesn't get injured, I think he is the better player. Um, he had more targets than Zach Ertz going into the game. He had 16 targets going into the game, um, but he got injured. And, and I think if he's not injured, then he gets most of those catches or targets. But he's injured now, so Zach Ertz is going to eat. So now I'd, I'd like Zach Ertz quite a bit. But I think the top tiers are, are pretty – you know, there's three and then everybody else. I mean, there's Kelsey, Kittle, and, and Waller at this point, and then everybody else. Now, how about a guy that you did not like uh, in the draft? Uh, T. Higgins gets two touchdowns. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, he has, I don't think he's caught a ball all season besides last night. So uh, maybe he gets worked into the offense a little more. We'll see. We'll see. I like him. He's a big physical receiver. Yeah, I mean, it looks like, you know, A.J. Green may be getting worked out. And if T. Higgins gets those reps, then good for T. Higgins. I, I, I don't know how he fits, but we'll see. You know, we'll see. All right. That brings us to our next game here with the Seattle Seahawks and the Dallas Cowboys. 38-31, the Seahawks. Defense looks absolutely atrocious. In fact, Dak Prescott has, uh, I mean, he has two picks, but he throws for 472 yards against that defense. Uh, the big story, Russell Wilson, 27 of 40, 315 yards, five touchdowns, zero picks. So, I mean, Russell Wilson is putting up video game numbers. Just he can do whatever he wants. He had six touchdowns against the uh, the Patriots, and now five touchdowns against the Cowboys. And he should have had six, to, but DK Metcalf had that stupid ass uh, play where, where he against the Cowboys. Leon Lett. That's all I can think of. Exactly. Um, so it should have been more. Picture this: I have Dak Prescott and Josh Allen in a two quarterback fantasy league, and I lost the fucking game. Go figure that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I have Russell Wilson, not Dak Prescott. Fuck that guy. Uh, Russell Wilson and Josh and Josh Allen in, in two in a two quarterback fantasy league and lost. Yeah, but, so nine uh, touchdowns, one pick. Yeah, exactly. And somehow lost the game. Go go and a rushing touchdown. So it was actually five, ten touchdowns total. Uh, but I mean, the game itself was so exciting. I mean, that was. I mean, that game was incredible. It was everything you wanted. 
uh, for for an afternoon game if you weren't watching the Bucks game. Uh, and I mean, the Seahawks look scary good. I mentioned them before. Their offense looks incredible. Russell Wilson looks like Superman. But man, that defense looks really, 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 really bad. I mean, bad, 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 bad. And when they play a team that can actually come up and stop them, I think they're going to struggle. I really do. I don't think that Russell Wilson can, I mean, play perfect football every game. And the one game he doesn't is the game they're going to lose. Well, even this game, I mean, they won by seven, but, you know, uh, Prescott had two interceptions. So I mean, there's two touchdowns, essentially. And then. Uh, well, really, Zeke only had, had uh, 34 yards and 14 carries, so Seattle was able to stop the run, I guess. Well, it was if it, it was more that Seattle jumped out and Dallas couldn't run, and then at that point it was just a shootout. Um, they weren't even trying to run. I mean, how many how many carries did he have? 14. 14, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when he has 30 and they told him to 60 yards, that's stopping the run, in my opinion. Um, this game just essentially turned into a shootout. Each quarterback threw the ball for 50 fucking times. Like, let's be real. Now, speaking of DK Metcalf, and we talked about Tyler Harrow and living in the moment, I think I got into it uh, last week when the Patriots played the Seahawks when uh, DK Metcalf had the long touchdown against the Patriots. And longtime Seattle Seahawks fan and former uh, all-ACCS uh, member Dylan actually had commented, he said, you know, DK Metcalf, you know, makes, you know, uh, Gilmore looks stupid or ridiculous in this play. Yeah. And I said, like, I don't think you can cover that any better than Gilmore. Any better. Yeah. He had his hand right in between. It was just a great concentration by Metcalf, you know. Well, Metcalf's a legitimate beast. I mean, he's strong. So he was able to muscle that ball. I mean, Metcalf was able to make up for it and score a touchdown later. The kid's young. He's going to be a threat. I mean, that kid looks scary good. And I was one of his biggest doubters, but he looks scary good. Um, let's see. Question for you, fantasy wise, because this is a player I've never heard of. Maybe he just had a good week. Cedric Wilson had two touchdowns, five catches, 107 yards, and two touchdowns. So not CD Lamb coming in, and and it was Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and Cedric Wilson were the trio. Well, I mean, CD Lamb still had it. I think he had 12 points total in fantasy, but yeah, he just didn't get the touchdown looks. Um, you know that that offense, you know, it's going to be who's ever the next man up. Uh, I guess you can go pick up Wilson. You know, next week, CeeDee Lamb could easily have that stat line, though. And so, you know, it, it's really kind of a flip of the coin. That I mean, that offense is going to light up a lot of teams, so just get any piece of it you can. Now, a guy that we both like taking some lumps this past week, we have uh, the Cardinals. Oh, I have the wrong team winning. But uh, 26-23, the Cardinals lose. <laughs> uh, Kyler Murray, uh, 23 of 35, 270 yards, two touchdowns, three picks. He has a rushing touchdown. Uh, Stafford looks pretty good. 22 of 31, 270, two uh, touchdowns, no picks. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, 10 for 137. So he does what he's supposed to do. But it just seemed like, you know, Kyler Murray looked really good going into this game. And, and I thought he was going to have a huge game against that Detroit Lions team. But, you know, three picks. Yeah, um, he just didn't look great. You know, he's still pretty young and he looked young. You know, he looked, you know, every bit of the part of a guy who's played quarterback for three years, essentially. You know, so, but there's still a lot to look forward to. DeAndre Hopkins looks like a stud. He's clearly got a great chemistry going on with Kyler Murray. I think they need to work other pieces of their offenses in. I mean, Kenyon Drake has to have more than, I think it was, what, 18 carries or something like that. Um, he's he's got to have more than that. He, he, he had a good clip, too. I think he finished the game with around 75 yards. Yep. So, you know, so, you know, you're averaging, you know, four yards a carry, essentially. So I, I think you got to run the ball more. I understand it's fun to pass the ball, but you know, it's it's a running league if you want to win football games. 
Well, it surprised me. So for the Lions, leading rusher is uh, that piece of shit. Adrian Peterson had 22 carries, 75 yards. What have, they've got DeAndre Swift and they've got uh, on Johnson. Why is uh, Peterson getting so many carries? This is like the second or third week in a row that he's the leading rusher. He, he must be playing better. Playing at Temple, he's got to be playing better in practice. I mean, DeAndre Swift, rookie running backs normally get worked in unless they're, you know, kind of the number one guy. But DeAndre Swift also, I don't know if he'll ever be a true number one. Uh, I think he's more of a change of pace, kind of catch it, pass catching back than anything. Um, but, you know, AP's, you know, clearly still has life, unfortunately, that piece of shit. <laughs> Speaking of shit ass. Sorry, guys. We don't That's like fine. AP at all. Yeah, go ahead and bring him. He's, he's a child abuser. We're going to throw yeah. it out there. I'll, so, put, I'll say it every show. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Green Bay Packers win 37-30 against the Saints in another shootout game. Both quarterbacks have three touchdowns and no interceptions. Uh, Drew Brees, 29 of 37. Rodgers, 21 of 32. Kamara has a huge game, 58 rushing, 139, two touchdowns receiving. Um, the surprise for me is uh, Lazard, I don't know if that's it, six receptions, yep. 146. So yep. I guess, you know, it doesn't seem to matter – Going into the season, you'd picked Aaron Rodgers the MVP, and if it weren't for Russell Wilson going out of his mind, he'd probably be the favorite. Because it seems like Aaron Rodgers, oh, no weapons? No, I'll throw for three touchdowns a game. Exactly. That's why everybody said, like, I remember Jesse specifically said, who's he going to throw the ball to? It doesn't really matter. I mean, he's he's really that good that, you know, if you just scheme guys open, essentially, he'll find them. And Alan Lazard, who the fuck is that? Is balling, and I mean, if you've seen the highlights or watched the game, Alan Lazar got tackled at the one twice. The same guy, so he could have easily had three touchdowns, and he would have been like, "Holy shit, Alan!" You know what I mean? So it's it, it was a great game. Um, I mean, Alvin Kamara can s- fucking die. He cost me a game. I hate him. Um, <laughs> he went off for forty eight. If he just goes off for thirty, I win the game. But he's got to go off for forty eight. He went nuts. Um, he's clearly taken the load of Michael Thomas, 13 catches. What an incredible performance. Um, but beyond that, they couldn't really find a rhythm, and I think they're really missing Michael Thomas. Um, I think that's a key for the Saints. Also, like most of these NFC teams, nobody can play defense. Everybody's given up 30 points. Um, and, and I, I, I'm, again, I'm, you, you ain't going to see that in Tampa. <laughs> well, we'll see when they play a high-powered offense. We'll see how they get. Man, get out of here. And that kind of brings us to the uh, L.A. Rams versus the Buffalo Bills, 35-32, another shootout, right? We've got uh, Goff, 321 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Allen, 24-33, only nine incompletions, 311 yards, <laughs> four touchdowns and an interception, and a rushing touchdown, so five touchdowns total for Allen. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, coming two weeks off of me saying that, like, I don't really love Josh Allen because he throws too many incomplete passes. And I love watching him throw the ball because he's just got a missile that he throws. But I say, yeah, he's not very accurate. And it seems like every week now he's just not throwing a lot of incompletions. He's not throwing interceptions. And he looks pretty good. Yeah, I think Josh Allen's taking that next step. Um, You know, he's not elite yet, but I think he's gone from, like, good to – I mean, I think he's clearly a top-10 quarterback now. I don't think you'd find many arguments against that. Um, he looks very good, and obviously coming back and, and leading them to a, a game-winning drive was very impressive. Uh, I know the Rams will cry and say, you know, the pass interference call cost them a game and blah, blah, blah. Um, but, you know, at worst, it was illegal contact. Did you see the play? You there? Yeah, okay. no, I didn't see the oh. play. Oh, okay. So, well, 
we got uh, on fourth and I think it was nine receivers pushing up the field and the defensive back rides him past five yards. Ball gets thrown. They call pass interference. Um, it was a it was a ticky tack call that in the moment I don't think they should have called. You know what I mean? Because it, it is kind of game deciding. But to the letter of the law, it's a it's a flag, and so deal with it. Um, but yeah, it was a great game. I mean, great. The the Rams looked fantastic. Well, I think there was a debate that came up on Facebook uh, that I sided with. They said, "Would you rather have Jared Goff or um, Allen, Josh Allen, as your quarterback?" I'm a big Jared Goff fan, and uh, he had a rough rookie year, and people crapped on him, gave up on him right away, and said, "Oh, this guy's crap. He shouldn't have been the first overall pick." Uh, yeah, Wentz should have been. But um, I said, you know, Goff is legit. He's a six foot four, six foot five, big arm, accurate. He's cerebral. He doesn't have yeah. a big arm like like Allen. Allen's got a cannon, but he's very cerebral in how he reads the field. I said he's gonna be great. Then he had a great second year, and everyone's like, "Hey, Josh Allen." Uh, Jared Goff is great. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and then, uh, and then the year three, he has a downer year. And then of course everyone jumps off the, the bandwagon, you know? Um, but I really like Jared Goff. I would take him over Josh Allen. No, obviously I wouldn't. Uh, I mean, there's, I don't think I could name six quarterbacks. I'd take over Josh Allen. If I'm starting a franchise, like if I'm starting a team from scratch, if I mean like legit, and I got a top five pick, I'm, I'm really thinking about Josh Allen hard. Um, that- that's an interesting conversation. Who would we start a franchise with quarterback-wise? I mean, I think it's the top three, I think, are pretty clear. I think top four for me, but um, it, it's Mahomes, Jackson, uh, Wilson, Watson for me. Uh, Kyler? Well, and then Kyler. Those would be my I – think, I think my five are pretty set, and then Kyler. And then, honestly, I think I'd have Josh Allen six. Like, I truly do. I, I truly think I'd have Josh Allen six. Uh, but again, yeah, that could be. We'll get into that conversation. We can have a whole little discussion about that. That'd be a good one. Now, uh, a game that scared us a little bit. Looking at the spread, uh, ended up covering thirty-six <laughs> seven. <laughs> this is the Colts, and this is actually a game that you picked. You said, hey, "You said, hey, rule of thumb is if it's a double-digit spread, you always take the double digits." You're like, "Well, I'm going against my rule, and I'm taking yeah, the Colts." Exactly. <laughs> and they ended That's up how bad the Jets are. They completely crushed them. Now, what do you think? So I saw a, a, a quote. I'm so this, glad you brought this up. <laughs> I saw a quote that said that the 0-16 Detroit Lions would beat this year's Jets team. It was from Dan Orlovsky, who was the quarterback okay. of that team. And he goes, my 0-16 would beat the Jets 16, 16 out of 16 games. Wow. Uh, truthfully, I don't remember how bad that team was. I mean, I lived it. I've watched it. But, tr- you, you know, I don't truly remember how bad the team was. And living in the moment, I see how bad this Jets team is. God, they're so bad that I think I may believe him. I, I don't know about 16 <laughs> out of 16 times, but because that I mean, Lions team was pretty bad. Exactly, they were they were equally as bad. But I mean, this team is really not a good football team. I think anybody can see that. I I, I don't know about Sam Darnold anymore. I don't know if it's just the place he's in and just the environment, but he just doesn't look like he's got it. And and I'm just really worried about his development. Adam Gase, who's what's the name of the the uh, owner of the Jets? It's driving me nuts. Oh, the owner of the Jets. Oof, that's a tough one. Uh, Woody well, Johnson. He, yeah, he, I was gonna say he's famous. He's not famous, but you know he's known enough. He came out with a quote already that said, "We're gonna evaluate Adam Gase, you know, and his future with the club at this point." So he may be out of there, you know, midseason. But man, I don't know. They look bad. Now, I wonder, because I love Darnold's talent. I love him. I love Sam Darnold. 
And so my question though is like, so I was saying if you had a court, uh, a coordinator or a coach, whatever it is, somebody like a McDaniels, right. Who would know how to use him and, and what schemes to use to utilize him and get the ball out quick. But I wonder if th- at this point in his career has too much damage been done to him that he's just, he's done. I mean, I don't, that's the question. I don't know. Has he been David card? You know, I'm really not sure. You know, I sure hope not because I really do think this kid has a ton of talent. I'd love to see him get a shot, even with the Jets or somewhere else. To I mean, if we're being honest, I don't think it's going to be the Jets because it looks like they'll end up with a top two pick, and we all know what will happen then. But, you know, we'll see. I'd, I'm glad, I'd give him a shot. <laughs> I'm glad he said David Carr because I was a huge David Carr fan uh, when Massive. he came into the league. Uh, and watching him throw the football, I don't know if I've seen a tighter spiral. from. I mean, he just threw such a nice football. And then just would he get sacked like 83 times his rookie year or something stupid, you know, to the point that the NFL draft, remember the commercial was him taking a snap under center. There was no offensive line there. Yeah. Like, what does your team need? <laughs> I legitimately, I'll, I'll have this argument to like a lot of people till the day I die. I have David Carr rated as one of my highest graded quarterbacks coming out of the draft. Um, he's like one of the best prospects I've ever graded. The guy was incredible and should have succeeded most places he went to. He went to a fucking, you know, uh, expansion franchise that didn't prepare for him properly. Nope. Yeah, Tony Baselli was not going to protect him. N- not a forty-six-year-old Tony Baselli. <laughs> it wasn't going to happen. All right, we've got the Steelers and the Houston Texans. This one, uh, twenty-eight, twenty-one. The Steelers, uh, Deshaun Watson, nineteen of twenty-seven, two touchdowns and a pick. That pretty much that pick is what cost him the game. I'm thinking uh, when you look at it, because Roethlisberger didn't throw any interceptions. And I, another guy. Can't stand Roethlisberger and Peterson should just be on a team that I can hate because I just hate both those guys. And then James Conner looks pretty good, 109 yards. Uh, Randall Cobb is a guy I almost picked up before the game. I'm like, I need a wide receiver, and I almost picked up Randall Cobb. I should have. Oh, that would have been a sneaky little grab. Who'd you get instead? Uh, Cole Beasley. He had okay. Oh, he did well, too, though. Yeah. yeah. He had 100 yards, right? He did. No touchdowns, though. That's all right. You get bonus points for 100 yards in most leagues. So, uh, But... Uh, yeah, I mean, in this game, it was essentially kind of what we expected. I think, you know, it was a close game. I didn't think, I don't think either of us expected a blowout. I think we both picked, picked Pittsburgh to win the game. Um, I think Pittsburgh's for real. Um, oh, actually, I think you might have taken Houston. I can't remember. But well, I, I think Pittsburgh's, oh, do you? I think Pittsburgh's for real. Um, you know, I said that before the game. I love Ben as a player in this offense, I don't like him as a person. But And I just think they do things, you know, well on the field. Uh, T.J. Watt's a bona fide stud. Mika Fitzpatrick's a bona fide stud. Uh, they're just good, plain and simple, all up and down. Yeah, we both picked Pittsburgh. Okay. Uh, um, but, yeah, uh, Mike Hilton getting seven tackles and an interception. I have him on my defense. Yeah, you know, I mean, they're just a, they're a solid ball club. I, I really do think they're going to be a problem uh, in the in the AFC and especially for Baltimore. Now we're going to run through these last three meaningless games, I think, pretty because we got to get to the Monday night game. But um, so we got the 49ers. Oh, don't even mention. Thir- who cares? 36 to 9. Yeah, we all, because we said, we said we don't all, even, watch, don't the even watch the game. Who gives a shit? Brandon Ayuk balled out. That's the part of that game. I'm glad you put him in the graphic. He balled yep. out. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, three carries, 31 yards on touchdown, five receptions, 70 yards. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee Titans, 31-30, close one. Uh, Tannehill, uh, 321 yards, no touchdowns, uh, throws an interception, uh, but it's basically Derrick Henry, 26 carries, 119 yards, two touchdowns. Just a be- Well, actually, how about Cook, 22, 181. And then Jefferson, seven for 175. So the, the skill players for the Minnesota. Really- I mean, Minnesota was actually winning this game late, 
and Tennessee came back to win the game. Um, Kirk Cousins looks so bad. I mean, he, he's he's putting up stats, but he just looks bad. I mean, Justin Jefferson had a great game. Good for him. Um, but outside of that, I don't think their defense is just terrible. Terrible. God, it's so bad. And then, of course, our last game is the Washington football team who loses 34 to 20 to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Haskins looks awful. Uh, three interceptions. Mayfield doesn't really look a ton better, although he, had, he didn't throw any picks. And then uh, Chubb, 19 carries, 108 yards, two touchdowns. Again, that, that Browns team, as long as they can just pound it and pound it with the run, you know, I think they're going to be fine. Yeah, I mean, Kareem Hunt uh, was able to get a touchdown and, you know, I think it was like 40, I think like 50 or 60 all-purpose yards. You know, so total, you know, their running backs get, you know, 25 to 30 touches, put up 200 all-purpose yards and get three touchdowns. I mean, they're going to be a tough team to stop. Uh, Baker Mayfield can fall into this role and and essentially be a, a decent game manager who can make big plays then I think they can be a decent team. But if he tries to do too much, it's that's when I think they don't succeed. Also, any team's going to look good when they play Washington. All right. Well, tonight is the night out oh, Chiefs and Ravens. This is a really good game. Not one of those crappy Thursday night games. Which Damn, is like it starts two- here in like two minutes too, right? Yeah. yeah so we got the Chiefs uh, are getting three and a half from the Ravens. And Take the it. O- the over-under <laughs> on this one is 55, which I think over. I mean, 50. Way over. I think. I think they're saying so low because of the Ravens' defense. Maybe they're thinking the Ravens hold that Chiefs' offense, but I don't think any team can stop that Chiefs' offense. Yeah, no, I'd take, I'd take the Chiefs' money line and the over in this game, but I think that kind of feels like trappy, too. Like Again, Vegas isn't stupid. They don't put low lines um, on purpose. Like they, they do it because they expect the game to be a low-scoring game. So, you know, watch out, but, you know, it's the Chiefs, baby. And I got to ride Travis Kelsey and Clyde Edwards Alaire. I need big nights. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you what. I, well, I'm going to go with the opposite here. I'm actually going to take the over as well um, on this one. But I will say this I'm taking the Ravens and I'm giving up the points. Uh, I think the Ravens win this game. And I need a big game from Marquise Brown and uh, Tucker. So hopefully, uh, Marquise Brown scores two touchdowns and Tucker kicks three field goals and I can win my fantasy game. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think this game ends, what, 35-31, Kansas City. I'm going to say, oh, actually, I'm write your score, just so we can reference it later. 35-31, that's your score. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 24-10, Ravens. So you don't want the over to hit. I'm taking the under on this one. (laughs) (laughs) You really think they're going to hold the Chiefs to 10 points? Yeah, I think this defense is going to go bananas. Wow, I want to see that. If you're right, I'll be shocked. Okay, well, we'll see how you've got a combined 66. I've got a combined 34, so wildly different games. (laughs) You know what's funny is the middle is... 55 points, I think. So, well, no, it'd be like 46 or something like that. But anyway. So, thanks for joining us, everybody. Get Start watching the football game. Uh, it's yes. going to be a great one. Actually, fuck we'll that. Be- watch the hockey game. Lightning, baby. Watch the Lightning yeah. win the Stanley Cup tonight. We are going to be back on Wednesday. So, I know if you're upset that we didn't talk any baseball, it's coming Wednesday. We're going to talk about the Sorry. baseball playoffs. Baseball's not exciting. Yeah, uh, we'll talk Monday night football. We'll have an Infinity Five. Not sure what exactly what it's going to be yet, but we'll come up with something good. Uh, and otherwise, again, thanks. Check out the website, infinitysportspodcast.com. Check us out on all the different platforms. Connect with us. Um, 
interacts with the show. You saw us putting quotes up there. It doesn't matter how many we have. I'll put 30 quotes up there. Just join in and, and interact with the show, especially Wednesday now that you know it's coming. So. For sure. Get on in there. We love you. We appreciate everybody who watched and supported. Will, Caroline, Jeff, Kyle, I appreciate you guys. Love you. Thank you. All right. You want to throw it? Hey, yo, Kenny, that game going under or over tonight? 